Welcome to the No Ideas Original Podcast featuring Shanon, Mr. Rob, and Ken is joining us today. What's up, y'all? How y'all doing? Good, bro. Good. Good. Yo, y'all been you been following the um the latest in the Kanye news this uh, week? Well, apparently Kanye offered a slight apology and is recanting on his uh some of the some of some of the interesting comments. Let's not get into detail, but some of the interesting okay. comments okay. that he's been making. What you what do you think about that? Listen, man. I think he put enough. He, he don't put out. He don't. He don't start enough fires. I guess he need to put something in the mouth. It's gonna affect his pockets a little bit. Yeah. But not to belabor the point, but yeah, he blew up the internet, bro. Cause after after we talked about it last Friday, a couple Fridays ago, it's been on fire. Everywhere you turn, someone got an opinion about it. Mm. You, you, you've seen the um the, the interview he had with Nori, where Nori tried to walk him off the ledge, try to Nori tried to bring him back. <laughs> like, yeah, we just you making it hard for us to stick with you. That's that. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yo, but Nori got Nori getting a lot of backlash now because Drink Champs took, right? took it took it down. Drink Champs took the interview down, and so people are saying that he shouldn't have took it down. Look, my position on it is like I I kind of feel like if Nori felt like that he was sorry, it's okay to say sorry. I don't know if he should have took it down or not, but at the end of the day, as a man, you know that's Nori's decision to make. But people well, are eviscerating him online, bro. Yes, Puff is his ball. He done shot it Puff out like he the feds. Like hold on, yeah. man. Take my checks. Write <laughs> my checks, bro. Yeah, you yeah. some crazy stuff. Oh man. So I, you know, my 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 thing with it is, I just I hope I hope Kanye gets whatever it is that he's um that he's looking for. But seeing like the the stuff that he said has spawned a whole bunch of different conversations. Even right. from when you you turn around and you look at the stuff now that people are talking about as it relates to Candace Owens' documentary and George Floyd's death. Wow. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And and it, there's there's like a real divide. I saw um saw also on Instagram where Tamika Mallory put up a post, and Tamika Mallory's post was saying that this is kind of demonstrating if you look closely at your friends what their beliefs are. And I do see like a lot of people that I'm cool with and that I know like they really take taking a, a interesting position on this about even George Floyd's death. So I, who knew that that this would instigate a bunch of different conversations? What's up, Neville? Neville, how you doing, bro? So, without further ado, Nev, Nev, I see you, son. I want to bring, I want to, I want to bring in our guest. And as I was researching this brother, one of the things that really stood out to me is I'm like, damn, like yo, you know, we've had, we've been fortunate enough to do a number of different interviews and talk to a number of different people. And as we're talking to this, to these people, you know, I'm not really thinking like geographically the region that they're from, right? You know, but with him, for some reason, I'm like, damn, like, you know, like, we, we, because we all grew up on the East Coast, we've talked to a number of people that are East Coast artists. We've talked to artists that, um, that are on the West Coast. We've talked to artists from the South. And we've talked to even artists from the North, you know. But have we ever had somebody from the Midwest come on and really rep? And, and you know, and kind of, kind of school us on, on Midwest hip hop culture. And that's what kind of resonated for me as, as we were, you know, as I was researching this brother. So I'm really excited and pleased to bring to the panel, Dre Banks. What's up, hey. Dre? How you doing, bro? And be easy in the background. And be easy. <laughs> AKA Big Paul. What's up, bro? It's a pleasure to have you on the platform, man. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yo, what's, what was life like growing up? If you if you actually fully grew up in Grand Rapids, because I'm I, I want to find out later how the connection came together between you and Baby Paul. But what, what was it like growing up in Grand Rapids? And how did you how did you kind of how did you get ingrained in hip hop? And I asked this because we had a dude on with us a couple of weeks ago, Lord Nez, that said that what sparked him for hip hop was Beat Street. But in my East Coast mind. Beach Street was just like a rite of passage for us. I don't know if in the Midwest brothers was watching Beach Street and being like, that's what I want to do. So I'm just interested in knowing, tell us a little bit about life in Grand Rapids and what actually ingrained you or got you interested in hip hop. Grand Rapids. Absolutely, man. Um, Well, first, you know, being raised in Grand Rapids is like being raised in Little Brooklyn. You know, we we kind of got the same you know steps that y'all take you know what i'm saying we we love the the hip-hop we love the the, the boom the bats we love the, the timberlands 
you know, and of course we got the same type of violence y'all got. So, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of the same thing. We even on the same timeline as y'all, you know what I'm saying? We still on East Coast time. So, uh, you know, you know, just being in Grand Rapids, man, is crazy. It's, it's a nice city, but it's, it's tough right now. You know what I'm saying? So just some things that I went through, you know, I met uh, BPZ, um, at, in, in high school, we was little, you know, young, you know, young, uh, run DMC, uh, fans, you know what I'm saying? And, and you know, we got close cause we had an English uh, teacher together and I used to wrestle my English teacher all the time before we used to come into class and Paul would just sit there and laugh at me. He stuff, so he thought I was a character cause I was, I came in school. <laughs> Born and raised in New York City at the age of 16, I relocated to Grand Rapids cause yeah. my mother moved out there. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. And so he met my loony ass uh, <laughs> in class. And like I said, you know, uh, me and Paul, we had a love for hip hop. We were coming from New York. And, uh, you know, we was into Run DMC, LL Cool J. That was the stuff to us back then. And to be raised off of that, man, it was just incredible. So we just started, you know, really connecting. And then next thing you know, I just, I started break dancing. And break dancing led to uh, trying to produce and producing led to other things and it's just so on and so on so you know what I'm saying? yeah basically yeah you know just just the uh just the general you know of, of, of just being around hip-hop was all i knew you know i remember like i know stuff when you know people was coming out craig mac biggie those were some of my most um inspirational um artists back then eric sermon was was uh was another big artist to me back then, Public Enemy. Uh, the list just goes on, bro. Oh, so you was on, you was basically on the same time as us, for real. Yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. <laughs> Yo, so, so how, so so was that just originally already there or did Baby Paul have like some influence in that bringing well, sort of like the New York down It was there? kind of, a, it was kind of, it, it was already there because that's why me and Paul connected even more because I was such an East Coast type dude, you know, when Paul came in, I just, yo, I just put the plan together. I said, oh, now I got my own boy from New York and he gonna school me, you know what I'm saying, right. about the East Coast. So it kind of just fit all the way together, right. you know? Right. And just to give you a little background, I grew up around the Devourage. So, yeah, me and Chico, me and Chico's like this, and I used to sit as a little boy. I used to watch the barges play their instruments on the front porch. What's up? Talk about inspiration. That's some inspiration right there. So, you know, from then, I was already inspired. My dad is, uh, you know, we grew up in the church, so I played in the church choirs, all, you know, young black men do as they come up, and I just took the, I just took a hold of the music, man. I just rolled that thing since I was a little boy. I was one of those guys that played the drums when I was five years old. So, um, and I wasn't just playing or tapping. I was really clapping. I'm like, like yeah. And people were really impressed. They was like, yo, how is this five-year-old tapping the drum set like that? It was just a gift. And my dad gave it to me, and I just took off from there. Find out Panko is the percussionist out here, son. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Tell us a little bit, um, is there any pressure, being that you're from the Midwest, do you feel like there's any pressure? Being that Detroit is what it is, I mean, you got your Guilty Simpsons yeah. and Eminem, D12, I mean, yeah. you know, Detroit gets all the light, but coming from Grand Rapids, do you feel like there's any pressure to show yeah. who you are? Yeah, because, you know, we ain't really had too many artists really, um, especially hip hop artists that really branch. We had uh, Lala Darkman, we had Willie the Kid. Willie the Kid. Uh, you know, Adina Howard, you know, those people. But that's about, you know, that's about as far as it went. Now we got those new guys, Sleazy World, and those guys, they just got signed. He just did a song with uh, Lil Baby. He's from Grand Rapids. So, uh, yeah, so, you know, um, yeah, of course, you know, Detroit is a monster. And a lot of people, when they hear Michigan, the first thing they say to me is, yo, from Detroit. And that, right, and I'm like, right, right, right. There's a whole there's a whole west side of the city that y'all don't know about still. Right. But uh we call it gun room, we call it gun room for a reason because it's just a lot of bullshit, a lot of murder and just dumb stuff that these young black kids are doing, you know, it's just you know, so they they got this name out there, man, it's bad, but 
Uh, for me, I'm, I'm really trying to break that cycle because I don't want to be known as a Detroit rapper. I want to be known right. for where I'm from, you know what I'm yeah. saying? I'm from where these go down. We the, we, we the champion when it comes to this. We got Floyd Mayweather. So That's he, right. He's the greatest of all time. We got Al Green. He's one of the greatest of all time. So, yeah, so so I'm just trying to fill in some of the some of the gaps that we kind of lost along the way of being uh, recognized as a, as a great city. My city's big, it's crazy. It's just, you know, it's just to the point where people are just not knowing who we are. Right. Yeah. No. Now, you you talk about sorcery. This is on another topic, because you mentioned Adina Howard. I have opportunity to meet her in person. Mm. I, have you ever met Adina Howard in person? I have not. Yo, I was, I, I'm not a big, I'm not a big dude. I'm probably like 5'10", maybe close to 200 pounds. Mm. Um, and like everybody else, I, I saw the Adina Howard videos. I met her in person. Adina Howard is probably maybe a little bit over five feet, probably about 115 pounds. Yeah, right. You know, I was like, what, what's going on with the video, the angles and the, the camera? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, the crazy thing is Adina Howard went to the same school that me and Paul went to. Word? Paul, when, when, when Paul moved to Grand Rapids, he stayed in GR probably not even a whole year before he went back to New York. Paul was like, that's it, I'm gone. And, yeah, he couldn't deal with it because, you know, he came from such a, a big culture, a big atmosphere. And when he comes to where we at, it's like, it's a regular city. So, right. you, you know, he didn't really adapt too well with it, but, you know, you know, he made the right moves. I'm glad he did what he did because Paul became a great producer, you know, and I, I was, what? There must I was be a link. first to be with Paul before he came to break out in that in that shell that he was with. So it was like it was an honor for me right. to to see greatness when we were just being kids and joking around and stuff. It was great yeah. to see him as a normal person first, and then to see him, you know, evolve into this great producer that y'all know about today. Yeah, so, so, must be a New York link to Grand Rapids because I know some people that went out there. And, found, and and been out there ever since, man. A friend of mine that I grew up with, she used to call it Grand Riggedy. She said, I live in Grand Riggedy, son. Said, Grand Raggedy. <laughs> Grand Raggedy, there you go, there you go. And that goes back to what I was saying. That Grand Rapids, when you come to Grand Rapids and you see us, you be like, oh, I'm in Little Brooklyn. Because, because we adapt, like, man, listen, Wu-Tang came to Grand Rapids, man. They, they had to shut the goddamn concert down because niggas was losing their mind with Method Man was on stage. You heard me? Niggas lost their damn minds, man. You heard me? So it's yeah. just, it just it, it, you know, uh, Grand Rapids is really a New York city. If you really go there, if you see how we dress, how we walk, how we talk, I got, I, I, I'll go down south and people be like, you know, the first thing they say is, yo, you from up north? And I'll be like, yeah. Where you from? And I said, I'm from Michigan. They're like, yeah, you sound like you're almost in New York, or you kind of in Michigan. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, okay, well, I get that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I'm yeah. like, a lot of stuff, man. I, I, a part took me to ride a subway, man, train. Oh. <laughs> that, was a, that was initiation, bro. <laughs> that was initiation. You know, because I love the movie Warriors, man. That was my shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Ken. Right, so. With, with with being in the industry and going through all the stuff, you know, the, the comparing the cities and stuff, is there anything that you felt was in, felt or was surprised about when you got into this in the music industry that that you didn't know or you seen that seemed a little different or odd to you? You know what? Everything is everything is hard. This, right now, I'm at the point where nothing surprises me. And and I say that because a lot of people say, "Hey, hey follow your dreams, keep doing what you're doing." And that's cool, but you know, the thing is, I'm one of the dudes that's making great music. And when I sit here and I and I hear these niggas with this, these chicken noodle soup songs, <laughs> I'll be like, bro. Like, I, and, I, and I know I'm great. I, I, I'm not trying to be the best, but I know I'm better than that. Okay. <laughs> and, and it's like, yo, trying to get in the industry, bro, it's almost like impossible. You know, you do so much to, to, to get to one point to this point. And then you know your music is right, but it's just that it's so hard to gravitate because we don't have the resources as we would have if it was the 90s or the early 200, you know, 2000. Now they made 
getting on so hard because, I mean, okay, look at it like this. Recording studios. Those motherfuckers going out of business. You know why? Yeah. Because niggas is self-contained now. Yep. And so it's it's, it's making the culture, it's, it's, moving, it's moving harder to win it. <laughs> Right. right. Got so much of this getting watered down. Talk about it, bro. And it, 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 it makes the artists like me. I mean, I'm really tired of it because it's because it should it should have been. If I was in New York, if I was in New York, I would have been on a major record deal. Mm-hmm. Had I been had I been here in the '90s and I got with Paul early. In his early, I would I would have been I would have been signed I would have been yeah. out. There. But since I'm from a, a a spot that is a cloud over it, it's hard to see. It's hard signing. Right, I got you. Yeah. So it's hard for me to break through. Even though I'm a star, I'm a Jew that's that's hit. And I say this with humbleness. I'm not nothing. Nothing about me is cocky. I'm the softest nigga when it comes to chicks and. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta represent yourself, man. You gotta talk well about yourself, bro. Exactly. You know, so I'm being humble, and you know, I'm just here. I got a big flame, bro. I got a big flame. The only thing they seeing out of it is smoke because of all the cloudness that's over Brown Rapids. So it's hard for people like me to break out because it's it's it just it's just like that, right? It's it's funny it's funny you mentioned that because that was one of the questions I had. Um, you know, I was gonna ask, has music being now directed to consumer ruined the quality of artistry? And what I mean by that is that you look back in the days and here's something for Midwestern. You, you think about like a Motown. Motown was known as the hit factory. Like it wasn't just about signing an artist to a label. It was about all right, we got songwriters. You're gonna learn public relations. You're gonna learn choreography. You're gonna have all of it, you're gonna be polished as an artist, and then the world is gonna see you as the product you are, as the best artist you are. But now direct to consumer means, like you said, you know, I could record an album in a week on my laptop, whatever beats I put together and everything. So how do you think or do you think that this direct to consumer approach in terms of artists has reduced the the actual quality of artists? Man, you know they it's so watered down, man, that they just broke off. Like it's 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 impeccable. I think it's harder. I think it's a lot harder. It's a lot tougher um, because you got so much. You got so much in front of you. You try to push this out the way, push these out the way, push these guys out the way, just to get to that front. And 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 in real actuality, breaking through is like it's like busting a nut. You, you, How about that? Each one of them was going to the top trying to race. And that's what music is like. It's like the same thing. You're trying to get to that that point. But you got so many other fishes and sperm counts around you that they don't see you because there's two million of them around you. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the thing is, is that over the time from when music started to now, it's, it's just, it's, you got a fish, you got a sea full of a motherfuckers that's everywhere and everybody's doing the same goddamn thing. <laughs> Yo, and I'm, I'm glad you oversaturation. Yo, hold on. Shout out to Trina, the first woman to actually know her angles. Yeah, Rob. Yeah, and I'm glad and I'm glad you said that because we're in the era, I believe we're in the era in the era of so many similarities. So what separates what separates Drake Banks? Good question. All that Good other question. Man, what separates me is um I believe that I am purposely trying to be different. I am purposely put into work not to sound like anybody else. I think that's the most thing that I can stick to is like I got so many inspirations of people that like if you hear me, you probably say, oh, he sound like French. Oh, he sound like uh, Styles. Or he might sound like T.I. or something. I don't know. But I try to curve from that. Even when I do music, I don't like to listen to too many people. I like to just shut everything down and just listen to me and focus on me. And that's the big thing that I um, I put time and effort and I, put, I make sure that it's quality when you listen to me. That's what makes me different. You know, there's there's so many rappers in line, that's 2,000 of them that sound alike. What, how do I stick out from them? 
I have to come harder. I have to come different ways. I have to talk different. I have to make the music hit different. There's so many things that you can do now to be impeccable that you know you can you know lose yourself sometimes trying to be impeccable. But you know the thing about me is that I've been determined. I've been so grounded to being where I'm at and to working with the people that I'm working with. I've just been solid and I've just been staying my ground and just waiting for my turn. Really, you did. I didn't put. I'm not pushing nothing on nobody. I'm trying to let people. You know, figure it out for themselves. You know what I'm saying? To see, hey, you know, it takes work. I don't want no one just to get a free pass knowing me, or if I'm knowing them. I want to work, work, work for it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Ain't got give me nothing. Let me just give me the microphone. Let me show you. If you, if you, if you fuck with me, you fuck with me. If you don't, then hey, you know, you might fuck with someone else that I, I'm that signed to me. You know? But even, even my, you know, my, uh, my guys who signed to me, I spent time with them. Like, I really go in the vein with them, you know what I'm saying? It's not just coming to me and we do a song. No, I, I don't have the time when I'm in there recording that the, they might spend two hours of me talking before they start recording. That's still right. Because I'm teaching them things, not just recording, but I'm teaching them things about the music, how to be different, how to stand out, what makes you different than these guys. You know what I'm saying? And I think I figured it out, you know what I'm saying? But... I'm at that point now, man, where I'm really trying to um, blast off. I'm putting a big lighter fluid on this rocket that I got right now. And I'm trying to light it with the smallest candle. Yeah. You know, I, I appreciate I appreciate the perspective because we have lost the whole art, the whole recipe of originality. Yeah. Well, no, no one wants to step into that lane of being original. Do you know the one, I like that you said that. Do you know the one thing that I told Baby Paul? I said, you know what makes me different? I am hip-hop soul. There you go. Tell me about that, bro. We don't have hip-hop soul. We got R&B soul. And we got very little of that, to be honest with you. So, I'm back. I'm that, too. Because, because somewhere along the line, you still have to keep that that, that swing, that, that, that gutter. Hip-hop came from New York. You still got to have some of that in what you do. I don't give a fuck if you're in the East Coast, West Coast, in the Midwest, you still gotta bring some of that East Coast. You're gonna sprinkle that little shit. Sprinkle it. You ain't gotta be much. Hey, just let me, let me do it. Okay. Hey, that's where that's where we're that's what we're missing. You know why? Because we haven't taught these young cats about certain individuals that paved their way for us to be here. We haven't taught them that. Right. If people don't. If you ask the average young kid, they don't even know who the fuck the locks is. <laughs> That's the travesty. They'd be like, Jada, oh, okay, I know Jada. And, and they gotta think about that for a minute. Then when you say Styles P, they be like, I don't know him. Like exactly. <laughs> so that burns me up. So when I do collabs, I gotta collab with Styles. And what I did with Styles is um I brought Styles a New York track, but it still has a it still has a hip hop swing to it, but it's got a little bit of the South, but it's got a lot of New York shit in it. So it fitted Styles P style at that moment. And actually, I think it's one of the best songs that Styles ever did. I'm just not big enough to launch it the way it should be launched. But if it launched, if, if, if I was to get the right situation and a motherfucker heard it, they'd be like, yo, I'm fucking with that. I, I can deal with that because now you're moving with the time of how music music is gonna move with the time. Period. We got the way the bass notes drop now is different. It's, it, everything is vibrating. It's moving. I like how you're talking, bro. Like, sonic, sonically, sonically, you got it, yeah. They got shit that sounds so good now, but when you put a little hip hop swing on it, oh boy, it sounds like like you in a church in the, in the gospel preach to you, but. If you got these young niggas, and I try to teach my young son. See, my young son knows who Styles and Biggie and Craig Mack is. My son, 19, he knows who those niggas is. There you go. Because I talk to him about it, and he sees it. Mm -hmm. He sees it all the time. He just don't hear me, or he just don't hear his little young Barack Ross. He hears the older schools, too, and he learns to appreciate that. You have to. Yeah. You know, and that's, where, and that's the formula, man. We losing sight of these young cats, and there's only a few of them that I really like. I like Lil Baby. 
I like I like little baby too. Yeah, I like little baby as a person because um, he does more than the music. He's a giver. He's he's not a dude that um, brags or nothing. He just goes do what he does mm-hmm. and he goes help a community out. Yeah. And he keeps it moving and he stays and, he, and he's doing his best to stay out of the way of trouble. But it looks like trouble's knocking on his door. Right, right. Looking for him. Yeah, that's right. Right. Yeah. And the Kanye West that y'all was talking about, man. Um, I want to play for that brother. <laughs> he needs it, yo. He needs, needs all love and prayer right now. I don't know what happened. Somewhere along the line, um, Kanye is is thinking different. He lost a little something, but let me tell you, he's a genius. I wish him the best. I have nothing bad to say about him. He's just going through it. And maybe I know one day that he will come out of that. Um, and you know he's recognizing what he's doing, but mm-hmm. you know there's certain anger you can tell in that in that dude, man. You can tell that there's something. You know he you know he lost his mom. Yeah, it's triggering for crying out loud. That that can trigger a lot, bro. Cause mm-hmm. I just lost my dad, and let me tell you that. Yeah, I appreciate that. When you when you lose a parent, man, um, I never felt like this. But when I lost my dad, bro, it kind of, I was like, I don't know what the fuck to do. I got, the life just sucked out of me. Yeah. And that's, um, I'm still learning to live with that right now. Mm-hmm. So, man, it's tough, man. But like I say, man, I want to, you know, every chance I get, I'm going to try to pray for that dude, man. We have to. Kanye's a genius, man. It's just, it's just sad that what's going on with him, what's going on around him. Um, and, the, you know, I just wish him the best. Yeah, we have to. Yeah, Ken. I was wishing, Mom, you took, you mentioned styles. And once I see you have like an all-star study cast or guest appearances, man. Man. <laughs> uh, styles P, I've, I've worked with AZ. AZ's my, my, my brother. Um, I did a joint with Trina. Did pretty good with that. Um, I did a joint with Emil. Remember a meal? Meal. Yeah. 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 Can I get it? What? What? Can I get it? Yeah. <laughs> and um, and and um, Miss Toy. And like I say, baby Paul has uh, put me with every one of them. Paul has been like my go-to when it comes to me doing. I say, Paul, I want to do this, and Paul's like, okay, let's try to make it happen, and he makes it work. So Paul, Paul does a lot. Everything that I do, Paul gets all the credit for it. I don't take no credit for that. Yeah, he's he, he definitely a good brother. You, you forgot for your all-star, man. How'd you, how'd you work with Neo, man? Man. Oh, man. That one. Yeah, that's Again, a good one right there, bro. Like I said, Paul introduced me to a chat out in L.A. And that was uh, he, uh, Neo was, was signed to this label, and his cat used to work with this label. I'm not gonna put his name out there because I don't want to put him out there like that. But I met him and I was able to, uh, you know, do some stuff with Neil. And uh, you know, it was small at that time, but it turned out to be a little bigger than that, you know. Um, and that was a blessing. Actually, we're um, we're working on that still. You know, there's been a lot of ups and downs on how we're trying to put that out, you know. But we're definitely gonna put it out. Um, and I want y'all to stay tuned because it's gonna be dope when y'all do hear it. Yeah. Can you be successful in the music industry and be risk adverse at any level? Meaning that if you're a label owner and you're afraid to sign an act that doesn't sound like the traditional act. If you're a producer and you, you're you afraid to step away from whatever the popular sound is. Or if you're an artist and you're afraid to go away from whatever the popular melodies are currently. You know, is it possibly possible to be successful? Man, no. <laughs> Straight out. He said straight out. Yeah, he said straight out. No. <laughs> no. You you it's tough. It's tough. You got look at look at all the all the people you gotta go through. You gotta go through some people to get to the top. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it ain't just a 10 or 20 or 30. Nah, you gonna have listen, I tell my artists, this is one thing that I stick by. And I mean this with everything in my in my phone. I make my record, my artist record like he was Tupac. Mm-hmm. I tell him it takes 200 songs to make me one hot joint. Wow. Keep working, bro. It's, it's like I don't mean to be hard on him, but that's that's what they need. That they need that. That's, that's the look to. That's how you gotta judge it. You gotta make 200 songs to make one hot one. It takes 30 seconds to get in trouble. 
It takes you 10, 20 years to get out of it. Mm-hmm. So the same with the hip hop, man. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta be anal. It starts with, it starts with picking the beats right. Mm-hmm. It starts with that. It starts with the beat has to have some type of movement to it. It can't just be a one a slapper and bap, bap. No, you're not gonna have to say goodbye. Say goodbye. Because you know why? There's so many other artists that's coming with that. Boom, 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 boom. They coming. Yeah. Ready or not, here we come. That's right. You right. And so, no, no, no. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. No. We, we, we were having a conversation behind the scenes. It was me, Rob, and a um, producer the other day. Shout out to Jim Star. And we were talking about, because we're working on this No Ideas original compilation project. And, you know, we were saying in terms of like the, the A&R piece and the arrangement of an album, how we would go about, I guess, determining which records we were going to use. And I was saying to him, I was like, we kind of need to have like a forum where all the artists that have actually participated are on and they're listening and we select the music that way. And my thought process with that is that, you know, I don't think one person ears should be the gateway to what the project actually is, right? Like how my ears are in tune may not be how Rob's is in tune or how your ears, Dre, in tune. And I think that you kind of need, like, you need to have that, it has to be eclectic, you know? It has to be a mosaic of different people right. to kind of come in and say like, nah, this is dope, you know? Because if I'm a diehard boom bap dude and I'm hearing all these records and I'm risk adverse, I may be like, nah, yo, that ain't boom bap. Nah, that ain't from my era. Nah, that ain't this. Nah, that ain't that. So it's to me, it's always important, I think, like with these projects and stuff, when I listen to people's albums, I could tell what energy is in the room with them. You know, I could tell them like, yo, this dude Absolutely. made an album for himself. Or this dude had other people around him telling them like, nah, you need a track like this, you need this, or you need that. You know, and that makes me think about like just the importance of collaboration, not collaboration from the standpoint where you got somebody writing for you, but collaboration where you got somebody over your shoulder telling you, yo, chill, delete that one that you think is fire, it's not, delete the next joint. That's a good point, that's a good point. Um, I have a very established team that I, that I work with. And like I say, my guys are people that I've been with. I trust in their skills, but you also want to keep in mind, bro. And this is something that I'm a, I'm a, this is to any artist that's listening right now. You want to make sure that you keep your circle small. Right. You see that? Because you get too many of these, you get too many. See, the thing with music is, and this is what people forget. And let me, I'm going to break this down to you. You don't want too many people telling you how to move and do your music. James Brown didn't have a thousand of his artists in his ear. He had execs in his ear. What, what, what makes an artist is feeling. It's about the feel. It's about the feeling, bro. It's about the mood that the artist is in. It's a feeling. It's not just going here and it was A to Z is this and that. But no, it's not that, bro. It's how you feel. When you get on that microphone each and every day, it's a different thumbprint. Your vocals is different. The air you breathe in, it smells different. The microphone is tuning in a little softer today than it did yesterday. The the slob coming out your mouth right now is a little hotter than it was yesterday. Yeah, it's a lot of shit that goes in it, bro. Men just start adding all these suckers up in here, man. They start telling you how to move left and right. <laughs> got too many goddamn cheeks. You got them. Got too many cheeks. I need more soldiers. Right. Because what happens is you need to be the head of everything. You cut the head off, it's over. Game over. Mm-hmm. You don't want that. You want someone, you want to build someone so if they cut the head off, you got another head coming up. Yeah. But it can't right. be five, ten heads. It needs to be the head that's in position. When you, yeah. when, so when you're building that team, you know, like anything else, you take those guys in the studio because I've seen this happen. I was in, I mean, as an artist and as a person sitting in both, but not, I don't know, I'm not an artist, but as a person sitting in both positions, how hard is it to listen to that guy that, that's not not following the beat of the drummer? So you might have five guys in there and four guys like, yeah, yeah, I'm feeling it. And that one guy's like, nah, I'm not feeling it. You get that all the time. That brings me back to why are you here? You dig? It's like, so, like I got it, for instance, I got my artist, he says, hey, I think this song uh, could be a hit. How do you know that? Nobody knows when they make a hit. A hit just, 
it doesn't make a hit. So it doesn't come out the studio like, I'm done. This is it, motherfucker. This is a hit. This is it. It's already going. <laughs> That's a fact. That's a fact. That ain't how it goes. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't. So I teach them, look, don't worry about making a hit. Just worry about creating your zone. Find your comfort zone. Find where you're comfortable at and manifest it to something great. Don't don't look for each song to be a hit. You want to put this slow song out, but we got this big hit song right here that can bring us money, power, and respect. And then later on, we can come with this moo 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 ma ba moo kiss me all day story. Right. Yo, was somebody just clapping in the background? I couldn't wait to get up here. <laughs> Yo, pause. I pulled on the ditty on it. Take that. Yeah, take right, that. Go, diddy, <laughs> but um, you know, but you, you know what? And, and just to piggyback on what both of my brothers are saying, man, because I watched the um the girlfriend boyfriend video, right? But then I watched the behind the scenes video. And something specific that you said, my people aren't eating off me, they're eating with me. You know what I'm saying? And right. we're talking about collaboration, having the right people around you. Talk a little bit about your team, yeah. specifically. Who, 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 who's very instrumental? We know Paul is there, your backbone, he's PJ, he's uh, great support, but I know you got some other brothers. I got Antonio Velez from Love and Hip Hop, with my management from XMG, as you see. Rocking X and G shit. Mm-hmm. Um, Antonio is a big um, pioneer and he's good with ear and he's really precise of what he loves. He's from the East Coast, but he lives in LA right now. And um, I got the privilege to working with Tom Tolvin, who works with um, who works with uh, the the, what's the, the 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 brothers that's um, corrupt. Yeah. <laughs> that you know had a lot of stuff to do with corrupt man so I get the best of all the worlds um, I got friends from all over and they and I kind of listen what they saying hey do this bro we like you we like it when you do more of this and so I take that energy and I just focus on staying on that point and, and, and Paul gives me a certain energy he said yo you you don't don't do this keep it just like that boom and I said okay motherfucker right because he's some, sometimes, even me, I have to catch myself. And and that's how I catch myself. I call, I, I call him my safety nets. And, be, and so when I when I do something, I say, I send it right to both of them. That's two motherfuckers right there. You got one from the east and one in the west. Mm-hmm. You let them get in your ear and then you say, hey, you got something there. If both of them are on the same thing, I'm on there. Hey, we got something. If one yeah. of them say, no, this don't sound right. One say, well, it's all right. Let's do work. And I'm like, okay, well, that ain't good enough. I need both of y'all to be thumbs up. Yeah, and that's a good way to balance your stuff out as a as a, as an artist. So you're not so losing that's development too, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're not losing yourself. You get what I'm saying? You got two. You got a you got a one on this shoulder. You got one on this shoulder. And then after that, then you got your other outsiders, who's your family, your friends, and the other people that listen and say, "Hey, that's dope. We love that." I got I got twenty people in the room and they all say hey your your your, your, your tape was dope but then i got that one motherfucker that's going to... yeah, <laughs> yeah. he might be doing that for a couple of reasons i might have fucked this girl <laughs> he might not like me <laughs> it could be a lot of folks yeah you right or, or he really just don't like me mm-hmm. right. that's right so so you know but you know this is it we have we, we need those people I need my haters. My, my my boy called me up and said, man, we ain't got no thumb. We got a whole ass thumb down. I said, good. He took that shit that was just sick. You ready to fight the motherfucker that said the thumb down. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, nigga. Nah. You need balance. You need balance. Yeah, yeah. Nicki Minaj video. She got 80 million on there. She's got probably 500,000 thumbs down. Mm-hmm. That. Yo, I don't think there's an issue with um with critique or criticism. Like to me, it's like if you give somebody negative feedback, but if you tell them how they can improve upon it, or if you give constructive, constructive. criticism, yeah. that's when it's a value. Like you can't just tell somebody, yo, you whack. What the fuck am I supposed to do with yo, you whack? Like, yo, you gotta be able to actually tell somebody, like, nah, I don't like how you rolled the beat. Yo, I didn't like the pause, I didn't like the beat, whatever it is, so that way they can work on it. Exactly. You're supposed to be to the point, man. Listen, I had a lady on Clubhouse, and I don't I don't like Clubhouse anymore. 
<laughs> my club, your clubhouse is just people screaming over top of each other. That's true. Bro. <laughs> you gotta really moderate. Yeah. I don't like clubhouse too much. Listen, hear me out. Hear me out. Um, I had a lady get on here a couple weeks ago, and I just, I did, I gave her a test run. I just, let me just, let me just test run this with these motherfucking clowns. And I played my joint Pirates. I don't know if you guys heard Pirates. It's got a ill bounce. This told me it was old. I said, <laughs> I had to catch myself. I said, oh, yeah. Okay. Um, let me, you, you niggas hit me with a curveball. <laughs> so, so the next day, I woke up with an attitude. I was caught in this little stream of clubhouse. <laughs> Please, these motherfuckers. I said, these motherfuckers ain't gonna say this to me. Fuck these motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I paid the next day. I said, look, motherfucker, how much it cost to on your punk-ass platform? He said, $25. I said, here you go, man. Take that $25. <laughs> I sent this motherfucker a song, and this motherfucker bitch told me, she said, you were out of tune, and you need a vocal coach. <laughs> I said, hold on. I had to catch myself. I was humble. Right, right. I let right. it talk. Not knowing that, bitch, I got plaques already. I'm just fucking with you right now. So, I'm sitting here like, so I need a vocal coach, huh? And so she said, yeah, you, you're not sounding right on here. So I called my vocal coach. Oh, shit. Mr. Vocal coach? That's crazy. That's how that works. You are right now. Live. The vocal and um, so, so check it, right? So I get the, uh, I get on the phone with my vocal coach, and I say, hey, can you come over here? And she said, what's going on? I said, I need you to come over here and, and, and check something. She said, okay. So she came to my house, she came to my studio, and I said, listen to this song and tell me, is there anything off key? She said, okay. And, and remind you, she's one of the top vocal coaches in Grand Rapids. Her name is Shell Flowers, and, and Paul, Paul can um, Paul can verify that Shell Flowers is certified. Her nephew is um, one of the guys that did my Neo song. Yeah, so they're musically already they're 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 tear church down. You're they're tear church down. So I get her on the on the phone. She comes to the house. I play the song for her. She says. She put the headphones on. She said, this is perfect. I said, are you sure? Because I was just on Clubhouse, and this lady just told me I needed a vocal coach. The whole song was off, everything. I said, do you hear anything off? She said, no, this thing is perfect. She said, I would have did it exactly like this. So I took the music off, and I, I said, okay, listen to it now. This lady said, nope, everything's perfect. You did a good job. I said, really? And so she left, and this is the thing. I coach people to sing. I show them how to hit notes. Yeah, I'm not a Chris Brown, but I'm a Ty Dollar. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know my notes. Yeah. I do where to go with the notes. I produce these people. I make monsters. So she told me I needed a coach, and everything was off. And I couldn't believe it. I said, well, first of all, I'm singing in key because I put it in the key, lady. So that right there, you, you, you can miss me with that one. And then you say, I need a vocal coach. Well, um, hello, that's what I do. Because I've learned this stuff over the years. And so I'm not saying I'm the greatest of none of this, but I'm what you're doing. What I'm doing. And so it was just, a, I just couldn't believe it, man. I'll never give Clubhouse another chance. You're not knowing, you know, so because you never know who you're talking to. It's like, lady, okay, who are you? Are you just sitting back peeling potatoes in your kitchen? In, in your kitchen, and you hearing my song through your bitch ass phone? And that's what, that's what you do. I got it here. Yo, Dre. Uh, Sophia Bill said, "Is Dre still with 300, or was he released?" I am still currently with 300 right now. Um, my songs are still up on there. Um, Spider Distribution. I am looking to sign a, a major right at the moment. I'm not going to say with who because I don't want to spoil nothing, but I'm in the process right now of signing with a major. Nice, nice, nice. Um, you know, another thing that I think about is that, you know, East Coast had a distinct sound. West Coast had a distinct sound. 
the South eventually got a distinct sound. Who would you say, what would you say is the distinct sound of the Midwest and who's responsible for bringing us that distinct sound? Ooh, man, you got a lot of people in the Midwest, man. You got MC Breeze, um, which was one of the coldest um, of all times. Yeah. And rest his soul, uh, MC Breeze was one of the ones that back in the day that I would say uh, really brought um, the Midwest to a point. Um, and the reason why I say that is because he was well known. He put a lot of work in. He's not from Grand Rapids. He's from Flint, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, yeah. So that's two hours from me. And um, like I say, it has nothing to do with Grand Rapids. He was just a great individual. His works ethics was crazy. Um, and, you know, he just had a short life. Too bad. Um, he had a short life. But I think he was the one that was the part that started it for the Midwest. That made the Eminems, the the Thug Bones, you know, they gave them those that, that inspiration. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that um, I would I would definitely say MC Breed. Yeah. It's a lot of people that, that people forget about that come out of the Midwest. Like even if you look at like a com- like a common yeah, MC Bree was the one that wrote Common. He like 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 he was before Common. Common came right after MC Bree. It worked mm-hmm. out perfect for Chicago. Yeah. But you know, uh, you know, Chicago had you know you know they got they 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 talent you know. But it's it's like this, man. I'm blessed to be in Grand Rapids, you know, because I get the chance to intake the East, the South. In the West, and I get to incorporate all that into my music, and that's what's making me uh, stick out. And I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna break. I'm going to break. I'm going to break. Just listen. The way I'm moving right now, even my artist is going to break. My artist is tough right now, and he's up there with little baby, and I say that with confidence. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, to the official. We up in the building. You did. Uh, I hear you say artists. I understand you have a label. Talk about that. Talk about who's under your umbrella. Okay, my label is Dre Banks World. Um, I've been independent since 2012. Um, I had a long, I had a little prison bit when I came home from prison. I started back up, and um, my first artist was Tory Carter, who used to be signed to Missy Elliott. Uh, I had to, yep, I, I had Tory Carter with me, and um, I started off with his um, his 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 last single um, that we did, and we got like a hundred eighty thousand views on it. It was pretty good. What was the song called? Rebirth. Yeah, and um, it's still on YouTube. You can look it up. And um, after that, I started focusing on more of um, my other artists, but a lot of them end up getting in trouble so I ended up losing a lot of people because you know we was life was life you yeah life was life things happened I lost a lot of artists like that so I decided to say you know what uh it was hard for me to get artists to join me again so I had to be my own artist on my own label and which I was just trying to be the boss but I ended up being the artist got down right now and you know (laughs) and so I had I had to make people believe in me again so I had to start over as an artist and um I was an artist on my own label, and then I eventually signed signed Kid Official, and I've been working with him for the last three years. And I came a long way with Kid. I had to get him to the point where you know where he's at now. And right now, he's ready for the world to see him. I've been cooking and baking with him and showing him things and training him in the gym to be the next Mike Tyson. And right now, um, I, I put his song out in front of a lot of people. And everybody down there jumped out the window when they heard it. They was like, yo, this is it. This is it. And I was like, okay, calm down. I know it's a hit, but we don't know if it's a hit yet. But mm-hmm. I know it got the potential to be a hit if we put the right wings on it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Dre Banks has been around, man, for a minute, man. We've been here for, for a minute. So um, I'm just proud of where I'm at right now. You know, I've, I've, It's just been a hard road, you know. It's been 10 Keep years. Keep working, bro. Keep working, man. Yeah. It's called show. Absolutely. Absolutely. What is 
what would you what would you say i mean like one thing i do appreciate about your music and somebody in here said it also sophia said it too she said age plays a part as well but i think one thing i noticed about your music is you've done a good well a good reason you've done a good job i mean of sort of being cross-generational like your music captures you could, you could get the young audience because it's melodic but also if you listen to the lyrics you know you get the older generation older, yeah, yeah. involved yeah. and i'm wondering is that is that something strategic that you you yes. thought of as an artist yes you 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 have to make yourself um you have to make yourself different period and that's the thing you just have to be different man in everywhere you can be um and like i say i'm i'm willing when you are artist you're supposed to be able to do everything you're supposed to be able to do pop rap uh maybe sing if you can that's what an artist is an artist is not just a person who grabs the microphone and say words to it an artist is a picasso that's what it is you paint instead of you painting you singing you spitting on that microphone that's your paint that's your paint and you and you make yourself you make you insert yourself into a situation because you know what the people want you know what the people want you've been doing it long enough you get what i'm saying mm -hmm. people follow you they tell you hey this is nice or they say no this ain't nice no you keep it up you keep going you keep going you keep reinventing yourself that's the beauty about music is that you can stop your own self and reinvent yourself right lock in and say hey you know what i, I don't like how i did that let me go back and do this again when i used to be in a recording studio with famous robin robbins okay with bob seeger okay he's a he's a rock and roll type dude he did bill collins right. i used to sit in the studio with this man these guys signed to columbia i would be in the studio with these guys and they would put the bar from here to here from here to here and they would make a motherfucker say that same line 200 times 200 times bro and I would always sit there and wonder, why the fuck is y'all doing that so much? <laughs> That's why you charge me so damn much, because you record the same line two hundred times. But he wanted to say it right, though. So it took, yeah. it right. It took me later to find out what he was doing. Right. And I understand it now. And and so the reason for that, that's because he wanted that shit to sound right. So yeah. now, to this day, I still use that same method. I don't do it as much. I might say that same line 10 to 20 times. See, I try to get to the point where I don't have to record it that much. You have to you have to make yourself go from doing it 100 times to how I can narrow it down to 10 times. Because now I can do it 10 times. I know one of those 10 is going to work. Yeah. And that's how you got to feel about it. You got to be, you got to, you know, you got to put yourself in the matrix, man. Did you, did you see the story um, recently that came out where Tony Ayo was saying that Dr. Dre made 50 Cent redo a verse or redo a, I think he said he made him redo a line like a hundred times. I don't know if it was in the club or one of them songs. I believe it. I believe Dre's it. a perfectionist too. Yeah, yeah, I believe it. I believe it. it, it you know, um, man, this, this stuff can go left and right so many ways, man. So many people. That's the beauty about music. Everybody came out different. No one, no one came out the same. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't the same formula for everybody. Everybody ain't the same. You know, you got to break off. Sometimes, you know, Nelly had to break off from his crew to become Nelly, and then to bring his crew in. That was smart. Mm -hmm. Some people can't all go in together as Goody Mob did, or you know what I'm right. saying, or right. you know, whoever. You know, Wu Tang came out, but guess who came out first? Yeah. You damn right. That was a, that was a. There's a, a reason for that. There's a reason for that. That's right. Exactly. It's a reason for that. So, yeah, man. It's just it's like I say, man. Music is. You never know. It's like boxing. You never know if it's gonna be a left hook or a right hook that's gonna knock you out. Yo, I feel, I feel like we've gotten to a point in music where we measure an artist's growth based on sales and streams and things like that. But I'm wondering, like, from your perspective as an artist, how do you measure your growth? How do you determine that you've grown as an artist? I look at, I try to, I try not to do that. Um, I try not to focus on that because um, I get emotional. I get mad if I don't have a certain followers. So I learned to just say, look, um, if I put something out, I hope my page grows. I hope my Instagram grows with real people. 
you know, that's one way to look at it, um, your growth as an artist. If people like you, they're going to stop following. If they don't, and that's just the world we live in right now, <laughs> because of these phones, we got well, we got ways of, of, of ways of, of, you know, getting music now. Where versus we used to walk to the store and have to go down here and spend 13 dollars to go pick up a physical album and yeah. get physically home. You know, the music is with us now. We hear it. It's right here in our pocket. And um, so we use that, man. We use that Instagram. Tough. Um, the Instagram is very important to an artist. It's like a hand in glove. And any artists that's listening, pay attention because if it comes to a major, that's what it's going to determine. It's all about numbers. They don't care if you can really got the scene. They care who's following, who's who, who's liking. You got to be a likable person. And nowadays, you just can't rap. They got to like you. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, like your mustache. They got to like, oh, I like his earrings. You follow him. You got to do something. Yeah, you're selling yourself. Yeah, and, and the, the most thing that I tell people is don't sell your soul. It's don't too late for some of them, though. Yeah, yeah it's too late for some of them. Um, but don't sell your soul, man. Just go from the dirt. Get it from the dirt. It, you know, it'll pay off one way or another. If some might come faster, some might come slower. For me, it's gonna come. It's coming slower. But like I say, man, I'm cool with that because of where I'm at. You know what I'm saying? I gotta take that. I gotta take that with it. So that's why I move. I come out here to New York to touch hands, touch people, touch faces. And, hey, you see my face? You see me in LA? I'm going out there? What up, LA? What's going on? You see me in Miami? Hey, Miami, I'm down here. What's up? Yeah. You know, an artist now has to move around, man. They gotta move. They gotta. They gotta go places. You can't just sit at home and think it's. It's you know it's it's a lot of street work. You gotta. Hey, my name's Dre Banks. Follow me on Instagram. One one one. You gotta touch. You gotta tell people. You gotta put little things up, man, for people to see that it's it's hard, man. You gotta be likable, man. It's, it's tough now because people they ain't buying the fact that oh I love you just for the music. No, they gotta like you, man. They gotta love you. They gotta yeah. Love you. Instagram to me is the gift and the curse though, because now people have unfettered access to people. Like once upon a time, you didn't know all the behind the scenes, uh, everything with the artists, and you know you had to wait for the magazine, the rap pages, or the source to come out. Once a month, you get a story, but now it's like daily. You know what DJ Khaled is eating, what kind of car he drives, yep. what kind of shoes he wears. Sometimes yep. for me, it's over the top. Um, Sophia Bill says, "Why hasn't Dre Banks collabed with a younger artist? Maybe that's what's missing. It's great working with Legacy, but I feel it can take you out so much." Well, you know, um, I'm willing to work with um, any young artist. Um, that's probably going to be my goal for early next year. I definitely want to um, try to get tap into the young crowd, but not so much as me. I just want to tap in my artists to that. You know what I'm saying? Um, because I want to be, I want to be a boss still. I, you know, there's a lot of stuff that I want to do um, as far as um, a label exec. You know, because I'm wearing like three, four hats right now, and I just want to cut it down to two hats. Right. You know what I'm saying? But you know, like I say, me, I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of sticking to my recipe, which is hip hop soul. You know, that's my lane, and that's where I like to stay at. And eventually, probably, I will be working with some younger guys. Um, that's 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 definitely on my on my um, on my to do list. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. Man, we had we had Iman Thug on, and Iman Thug is wearing a couple of hats too. It's like the the label owner and artist also. And I asked him, I'm like, do you have a different appreciation for people who run <laughs> people who run labels? You know, now that you're on that side. Man, to run my own label, uh, it's hard. It takes a lot of heart, a lot of guts, and a lot of blood. And if you're not in that, if you're not into that, if you're not going to sacrifice, you don't do it. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough being the boss. It's tough being your, having your own label. There's so many loops. Um, there's so many ins and outs. People have to understand, man, it takes blood, sweat, and tears right now. And you have to have a budget. You have to. Here's a question. Being, a, being a, you know, in charge of the label, listen, you wish that you evaluate other people's, ta other people's talent. Has it changed your thought process on how people evaluate your talent or how, how, you know, how you go about doing it? Again, I don't, I don't engage in too much of what they think because that's not going to be me then. I'm going to end up being someone else. 
How can I give you me if I'm listening to this guy and this guy, then I'm gonna sound like them. Right. I can't, I gotta stay focused on me and hope if, 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 if people, you know, like me and fuck with me for me being me, then I won. But if I gotta be someone else for y'all to like me, I'm good. I don't want that. I want you to like me. That's how you get fans. I don't want you, I don't want your robot fans. I want real fans to be like, yo, Dre Bang, we appreciate you. We really, we really rock with you. We really love with you. And that's, and that's all, you know, each artist, man, everybody's not going to like everything that I do. They're not going to like everything I do. But you might like something I do. And, this, and the one something that I do might do, you might be like, yo, I'm running with this. And that's all go. it takes. That's all it takes. Sure. I could win a fan. I'd rather win a fan that's a real fan than you give me some fake love. I don't... I'm good with that. What you gonna do with that? What you, you gonna know, do I don't like. I don't like. I don't like Bone Thug and Harmony like that. You know, I'm. I'm not a. I'm not into that. I mean, some people are Facebook, but I'm not into that. I like Twister, but I'm not into Twister. I'm not into that fast shit. Go your ass down and talk to me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yo. You know what you keep saying? I think that is that's pivotal. You keep saying real fans, real engagement, real yeah. people. Real. And and this digital age, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of fraud as it relates to numbers. You know, we've seen that with certain certain artists that have like stream farms that you know the the pump up their their numbers. Like you look at people's videos even on YouTube, they'll have fifty thousand views, two likes. You yeah, know, too light. And, and it's nothing you it honestly is nothing you can do with it if your fans like I have more respect for somebody who has you know I got a hundred core fans that's gonna go out and stream or purchase my CD a hundred people mm -hmm. than somebody who has a hundred thousand bots and two real fans. Exactly. And I think that we, we for some reason we kind of got caught up in this lore of wanting to see you know I want to see these numbers on my page. I, yeah. You know the, the higher the number the better, but not really realizing like that's not real people. Like there's no real engagement. Yeah. It's important, man, to make sure that there's so much fuckery going on in hip-hop, man, that um, it's disgusting. And that's the reason. I wish it went back to the old days because everything was more hands-on. Now with these, with this digital stuff, man, these people are going way too far, man. They, they're, they're, they're scamming. There's a lot of industry. It's a lot of fraud people, and they're and they making money. Here's the sad thing. Here's the sad thing. You got scammers out there making money off of hip hop, and they're doing it by doing the bot. They're doing it by saying that they can provide this service for you, and they end up ganking. Man, you know I had a dude tell me he was gonna take me on tour and cost me nine hundred, and my dumb ass went for that like years ago. <laughs> <laughs> With yo, where he was gonna have you on the serious chitlin circuit for nine hundred dollars? He, he oh. shitted on me, and then when he got the money, he laughed at me. He sent me a emoji like five motherfucker. <laughs> I said, hey, this is a bitch. I just gave this motherfucker a thousand dollars. But you see what I'm saying? <laughs> You're gonna lose more than you win, man, because everybody just figured out how to move through hip hop. They try to, they, they move different ways through hip hop. Scam. They scamming people. They 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 make you say, hey man, we'll provide a service. We'll put you on Instagram and we'll flash your shit out in front of a hundred thousand people. Yeah, well, that might be true, but then again, you might be paying for a whole machine to push your Instagram while you scamming everybody else for 50 and 100 out of a month. Mm -hmm. And you pay a regular motherfucker just to get you, uh, you know, you can blow <laughs> out that shit, 15,000, 20,000 views. 20, you might get a couple real people out of it, but mm -hmm. that's how that's how water is dangerous, bro. These people that clean your bank accounts out, there's a mission to clean your bank account. They don't care about you. They don't care about your music. It is on your page looking and trying to say, hey, I'm I gotta get mine. $100 off this nigga. Right? Yeah. I would have spent that 900 on tour looking for him. If you go on Instagram right now and you push future, and then guess guess how many other people you can see after you look up future? Oh, you see, yeah. You're going you're gonna to push this way and you're going to see plenty of rappers. Yeah. All targets. Mm. Because they put you in one boat. They put you in one bow and they people and then you got the scammers going like this. Okay, I'm gonna get him, write this nigga name down, write this nigga name down, and send this nigga a message. And then you send 20 messages out a day, probably five you gonna bite. Yeah. Yo, thank God you're a changed man, cause that $900 would have probably went to going on tour to find him. 
Man, I was <laughs> for 900, you heard me? <laughs> I ain't gonna put it. I'm gonna find you and kill you, you heard me? <laughs> uh, great. Sophia said, is Summer Bunny uh, a part of XMG? Summer Bunny used to be a part of XMG. Uh, my, my manager, Antonio Belez, used to manage her on Love & Hip Hop. She um, kind of merged her way out of the situation because she done ran up on the football player and once she got with a football player, you didn't matter no more. <laughs> she didn't come up. That's it. That was it. It's it no story behind Summer Bunny. I wish her well, but she played her own self. And, hey, I wish her luck. So the album is called Checkmate? No, the album is called No Taking Losses, hosted by Superstar J. It's out right now. Tell us um, tell us who's featured on that project. Oh man, listen, listen, I got a couple of my pioneer homies on there. Um, I kind of stayed with me and my artist, uh, Kid Official, more on this because I wanted to uh, put him out as much as possible because I was preparing to put out his new uh, mixtape early next year. Um, but on this album, I got uh, Kid Official, I got Styles P, I got AZ, I got Junie Knotts, um, yeah, that's it. Junie Juni Knox is just is just son, right? Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. So you all working with somebody young? Huh? <laughs> I brought my son up the same way I came into music, and he is a monster. He took the Atlanta sound and went crazy with it, and he's now signed with Money Man. Oh, nice. Yeah, he's he's with Empire now. Yeah, yeah. Well, Dre, before we before we end off, we got your we got your IG on the screen, but you know, tell people how they could go about getting in contact with you. Tell them where else they can find you. Look, you can check me out on I am Dre Banks on Instagram and Twitter, and you can find me on TikTok official Dre Banks. Okay. All right, all right, all right. I want to I want to thank you. Go ahead, go ahead, Paul. We see you in the back. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you see, I'm trying to, see, I'm trying to get him out of block. <laughs> no, no taking losses. Hosted by the infamous Queens legend DJ Star J, out right now. Man, available on Audio Max, available on YouTube. Shout out to the homies, um, DJ Mr. Effect. Shout out to DJ Cutmaster C. Shout out to Antonio Velaz. Shout out to my man JJ Iconic Entertainment. Shout out to Moni Love. Single out right now. You dig? Shout out to Moni, baby. Good job. We're dropping on uh, uh, November 11th. Single is called Peter Parker. Peter Parker. Peter Director. Shout out to Sequel, Peter Director. He's worked with a couple times. Oh, man. Iris video. Coming out Halloween. Halloween, matter of fact. I think I shut up. Hey, listen. Let me tell y'all something. I did something on the video before y'all go. I did something that no one has ever done in hip hop. I shot a video on a real pirate ship. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Creativity. That's creative, bro. That's creativity. Half of my crew got sick. A lot of people was throwing up because the waves (laughs) were getting hard. (laughs) But you made it happen, bro. We made it happen, man. We did something that's never been done. So I hope everybody enjoys the new video that's coming out. Uh, Man, Pirates is doing this thing right now. If y'all haven't heard Pirates, any of y'all listeners that's out here right now, go right now. Go to YouTube. Type in Drake Banks. No taking losses, or just type my name in, and you will see the no taking losses mixtape. Make sure when you do listen to that tape, y'all check out Pirates. There it is, running up on all streaming platforms. Dre Banks, appreciate you, bro. Man, I appreciate you having me, man. Anytime, anytime. Yo, Dre, stick around. I want to build with you behind the scenes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to the No Ideas Original Podcast. Tomorrow, we're back with West Coast DJ Nasty Ness. He's actually Sir Mix-A-Lot's DJ. We're going to be having a conversation with him, so make sure you pull up for that also. Have a good night, everybody. Peace. Peace. Peace.